This is Sisterhood Unleashed, a weekly podcast brought to you by two mamas from small town Ontario. Grab a glass of wine and join us. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Steph. How's it going? It's going. It's it going. is Sunday night. It was the first of the month yesterday. It's the long weekend. And yeah, it's going. It's How's it going moon. for you? Oh, it's the full moon too. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I just yelled in your face. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm sure slept? it's not the first yell. What's that? <laughs> no, I have, I have yelled a lot actually. Um, and I'm not a yeller, but I have been yelling a lot. It is, it's been mad here. It's in mm-hmm. that house. We lost mm-hmm. the remote at 10 30 AM this morning. Oh, no, I don't know if you it's know. Like, that's, and it was, that's yeah, bad. it's bad. And it was a rainy and crappy day and you couldn't really go mm-hmm. outside without getting blown away. I see that you have your outdoor slide inside, which is amazing. So that is like, I noticed that before. <laughs> we do. We use that in slide, in slide. It's our in slide. It's our in slide slide. That's amazing. Um, to keep the kids busy for four seconds a day. So funny. How All are right, you? So uh, I'm okay. You know, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I have been, okay, listen to what I've been doing. I'm not going to get too into this because it's really heavy, but since about eight o'clock this morning, you know, maybe seven thirty, I have been reading about, um, I guess the social construction of femininity and, um, you know, just a whole bunch of some of the old school feminist stuff. I've got out my, uh, Naomi Wolf's beauty myth. And I was kind of jumping off of some, I'm going to just, you know, go out there and say like, Hey, that, uh, the birds papaya was, uh, getting on mm-hmm. her um, Instagram page. I follow her every once in a while. And uh, yeah, it was a lot that she was getting, I guess, you know, some yeah. un, uh, unpleasant things. And anyway, so I was just going through a bunch of stuff. I'll probably, you know what, I won't even get into it because I'll write about it later. I'll probably be able to collect my thoughts better that way. But yeah, so Clay woke up at 8.30 to a lecture on <laughs> from me, like not anything to do with him. He just wakes up. He's like, oh, come morning. And I'm like, did you know and this and that and this and dominant discourse? And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Can I have a coffee? (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's been one of those days. It's rainy. I love to read when it's rainy. And then we had to do some renovations around the house. We're going away tomorrow to see some friends up north. Um, So yeah, it's been a good, good weekend. So what about you? How are you? I'm good. We had a good weekend too. I did also follow some of the birds papaya, the hate surrounding that, that she's been going through. And yeah, I mean... I mean, I'll let you articulate those thoughts through your writing, but I think we kind of are on the same page with that. You know, um, Mm -hmm. she's, I really, I I do enjoy following her. She is um, definitely really progressive in the body positivity movement. And actually I listened to a podcast interview with her once, not that long ago. And she talked about how she hated the term body positivity, which I thought was really interesting. So maybe that's something we can talk about another day. But um, yeah, I think, definitely. you know, the thing that I think the message that comes out for me is like, no one is deserving of hate like that. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. Like, you know, and it's something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like just unfollow if you don't like it, just unfollow mm-hmm. It just like stop. Simple click. Right. You control that. You control the way that you're feeling about something. And if it doesn't agree with what you're thinking, just move on. Just stop. Stop scrolling mm-hmm. and unfollow. So yeah. yeah and and we're stretching things so friggin' far mm-hmm. these days. Like I I mean, I guess basically what was happening to her in a nutshell was 
that she, somebody or several people maybe had accused her of basically just contributing, like low-key contributing to human trafficking issues by posting pictures of herself in a bikini. And I'm sorry, but this mom in Guelph's story and her body image and all of this stuff that she is about and human trafficking are two very different fucking things. And I get the whole backstory on, you know, women as tits and ass and her wanting or her in her effort to dismantle that, some people would accuse her of, in fact, upholding that right. image. And I just, I really don't think that's her intent. I think that she really is looking to break down, um, you know, I guess what is, has always traditionally been the, you know, the ideal of a perfect woman is. Um, and her body is, I guess, by societal standards, that of a real mom who's had three kids and fluctuations in weight. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's refreshing, you know, and, and to, to have somebody be so vulnerable, like she's been to then. And I guess this happens when you, you go big or go home and right. uh, you put yourself people, out there. People want to take you down for sure. Uh, yeah. And just hit unfollow like it's yeah, a button it's at the top of your instagram screen right and there Facebook are so many whatever platform there are so many bigger things to be concerned about besides like you said a mom mm-hmm. from Guelph who um has has been so progressive and who has been so positive and um you know really like i said you know i follow her she's i don't want to say she's not my favorite i do enjoy her i like a lot of her posts i like a lot of her messaging but do I agree with everything she says or does? No, of course not. But I'm not going to spread hate about her um, and have like a, and like she said, you know, this was a conversation that was happening and she didn't know about for two weeks. So there's two no. weeks worth like, of, right? Like, like basically so high people school. People have more time. Like, yeah. you, this, and this is what I don't understand. It's 2020. We put a buttload of tax dollars into the education, into the public and, you know, private education sectors to try and get kids to not bully, right? We have anti-bully days and we have teachers and trained professionals and social workers and therapists go into schools and teach kids not to bully. And then every single time I open my phone, there are adults bullying and I'm just so sick of it. So sick of it. It is just silly. Unfollow and the conversation or whatever, you know, just just stop. And, and there's a total difference between you know, and, and we'll touch on this later, but there's a very big difference in bullying and making people feel like shit and stepping on people to feel better about yourself. And like, that's not even comparable to teaching people, right. Mm-hmm. And to checking people and to, you know, um, I guess awakening yourself and learning right. and becoming, you know, I guess more knowledgeable about shit that matters in the world. Yeah. Like those are two very different things. You can become a better version of yourself without bringing other people down. And yes, I'm sorry. So true. And I'm not, I'm not perfect, but anyway, so yes, it's been a bit of a, Oh, every literally every second today that I yeah. have free, I've been, you know, reading, reading, reading because um, it's just, it's, still mind-boggling so it is and like you said I'm doing it's hard to believe that it is 2020 and like you said like we focus so much and we have anti-bullying days and pink shirt days and all of these things and yet you're having a conversation about someone behind their back on the internet with 20,000 followers and 
and, and that's okay because you chalk it up as being part of like an anti-pedophile, anti-human trafficking movement. That's okay for you to shame somebody else for what they're posting. And, and really like, mm-hmm. I, I just, there's so much disconnect there between those two schools well, of thought for me. Like I, I just, there's no, there's no reason for that. Just yeah, move on. Um, well, and I, I read something today and it said, I will not condemn the decisions made by myself and other women. Rather, I will raise awareness toward the limited realm of choice from which these decisions have been made. Mm. It is, I, you know, it, it's just, we need to look at bigger social structures. And I mean, look at, I mean, if we want to talk about, you know, this a little deeper like let's look at you know the social construct of gender and what it means to be a woman and femininity and um you know versus masculinity and all of these things because this is where you know the conversation needs to be held or look at you know i mean dare i say religion or um education systems or you know criminal justice like look at look at these structures that we are you know so indebted to right and and so you know anyways it's just it's 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 wacky. No, so the true. whole world's gone cuckoo bananas. That's it's, been my phrase. Cuckoo the entire, bananas. Yeah. <laughs> the entire last six months is the yeah. whole world's just gone cuckoo fucking bananas. So, I think so. Yeah. Anyways. Well, uh, we have a lineup, a bit of a lineup tonight, right? One mm-hmm. lineup, one person lined up. This will lead nicely into, um, I guess, talking about welcoming on our guest tonight, uh, Lindsay Hardy. Mm-hmm. So Steph, you know, Lindsay, um, from a past life. So I'll let you take this one. Yeah. Um, Lindsay and I kind of grew up together and we talked about that a little bit, um, in our conversation. So you can hear about that, but Lindsay and her husband, Brad own a company called an intimate affair and they do micro weddings and elopements at their property in Dunville, Ontario, not too far from us. Um, part of our wonderful Holman County. Lindsay messaged me the other day, reaching out, just letting us know how much she enjoyed listening to our podcast, which was so nice. And we've kept in touch over the years. Um, we haven't seen each other in quite a few years, but, um, so yeah, we're really excited to have her on. And this conversation started more about, you know, um, micro weddings and how, um, her business came to be. And especially in these times in the middle of a pandemic, how, um, a micro wedding can still help achieve, the, you know, the dream wedding or the, the intimate day that if you are planning on getting married this year, that you can still have that, you can still achieve that, um, with a micro wedding or an elopement. Um, but we actually got into a lot of a deeper conversation about inclusivity and, you know, checking yourself and being a small business owner, um, in, you know, a small area where there is a lack of inclusivity and a lack of diversity, but it's really nice to see Lindsay and other, I'm sure that she's not the only one, other small businesses acknowledge that and try to, um, to do their best to combat some of that, um, the lack of diversity and the lack of inclusion. And so it's a really nice conversation. Um, like I said, not just about her business, but also about, um, you know, being in a small town and, and all the things that come along with that. So, um, Lindsay was so awesome and so vulnerable and Amanda and I both were raising our hands up, like praise hands for all <laughs> the things that she said. So, um, oh, I was just gonna say so easy to connect to like, I, you know, me, I, you know, love it or list it on the first, first meeting always. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she was wonderful. She, yeah, I felt a, a, a connection right away. And I, I think all of you guys as our listeners will, will be, you know, really feeling the same way. And if you are already married, looking at remarrying or getting married for the first time, 
this is going to be such a cool opportunity for you to um, think about kind of what matters, what really matters and where you want to go with your, you know, what is currently, you know, pandemic wedding planning. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, she was, and then some, right? Like there, I feel like there was a, and then with this, right? If you, I, I have a very strong feeling that if you, you know, carry yourself in your little wedding party uh, to to see Lindsay. That you know, you you're gonna grow grow and learn and take away even more than you bargained for with that experience. So yeah, absolutely. One thing um, we talked about at the end that we kind of always do, and I always I joke about this, but I really enjoy doing this. I like talking about our favorites of the week and what we're loving. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to spoil what Lindsay's was. We asked her about hers, but we didn't share ours. Um, but hers <laughs> is one yeah. of mine as well. So you'll be able to hear my reaction when she named what hers was. You can't, again, you can't see the praise hands that I threw up. Like, yes, I'm all about mm-hmm. this, but, um, but we are very much on the same wavelength. But the thing that I was loving this week, and it's very new, I just discovered it last night, um, is a show on Netflix called Love on the Spectrum. And it's so timely that we we're talking about inclusivity and all of the things that are you know, surrounding that because this is a show about um, young people who are on the autism spectrum who are looking for love and dating. And it is the perfect um, mesh of a reality show, which I shamelessly love reality TV. It's, just, it's a guilty pleasure. Um, but it is so meaningful. It is so thoughtful. Um, I, I laughed. I cried. We watched two episodes and I like, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go to bed, but I, I can't wait to watch more. Um, I'd watch more tonight, but it's way too late. But um, I highly mm-hmm. recommend it. It's just so touching. Um, the stories talking about vulnerability and, and, you know, inclusivity and diversity, like the stories of um, young people that they're sharing, you know, there's people of different races, different sexual orientation, different cognitive abilities, different, obviously spots on the spectrum where they fall. And it's so amazing to watch and listen to their stories. So it, Um, yeah, it's wonderful. I highly recommend it. It is like, what's it called? Love on the spectrum. Love Love on the spectrum. spectrum Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend it. Beautiful. So that's my love for the week. Amanda, what are you doing this week? Oh, okay. So I have a couple things. I might hold off on the one thing. I honestly, I have been, we've been crushing the new Katy Perry releases. I don't know. Did these, these just came out. We've been, I know I'm an, like an, a long time Katy Perry fan. I was going to say you're a um, lifelong Katy Perry I, fan. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, I've got quite the diverse uh, musical interests. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been listening to Katy Perry, the girls, we've been watching her music videos, some of which are totally outrageous, but I just think she is, uh, quite a firecracker. So, and a super strong, powerful lady. So we've been rocking out to that and, uh, going over all things feminine and, uh, postmodern feminist theory. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, that is just my bandwagon. I think I've kind of already rambled on enough about it. Well, you're starting your girls young, all of, you know, Mm, raising a whole household of feminists, poor Clay, but he's going to be the most woke (laughs) man, feminist man in Selkirk. All right. Well, let's get to our interview with Lindsay. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as we did. She's such a delight to talk to and to listen to. Enjoy. So I'm super excited to introduce Lindsay Hardy, our guest on this episode. And Lindsay and I have actually known each other since, oh God, like shortly after we were potty trained, I think. Like it's, it's been a long time. Lindsay grew up beside my grandparents. And so I used to spend 
uh, every day, every summer at my grandparents' house. Um, when my parents were working, my, my grandmother would look after us and, uh, Lindsay and her sister and my brother and I played together every day, um, every day for years. I think we, yeah, I think it's been, uh, uh, 25 years, I think that I've known you probably. Um, and we've kept in touch on and off and now you live really close to me again, relatively speaking. So yeah, so funny. We have a history of many Backstreet Boys sing-alongs yeah. and you consulted my first heartbreak I remember and that. Well, yeah. Oh, uh, many treasure hunts in your Nono and Nona's backyard. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, Stephanie um, actually used to take our little Fisher Price recording cassette tape around and interview all of us, and we had our own little like newscast. <laughs> oh my god! On our, on our street, and like I think her oh. brother was sports and weather, and she was the host, and I did entertainment or something. Oh my god! I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Oh. My sister was in there doing. Too. <laughs> that's so I totally forgot about that that's hilarious you guys always had the best toys and like my grandparents had toys but not that many not like being at our own house right you guys always had the best stuff I remember that that's so funny so Lindsay <laughs> well we're super excited to have you on the podcast tonight but um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your business because um, and really I'll let Amanda speak about this too um, but obviously we are in very, uh, I hate saying unprecedented times, but it's a very strange situation that the world is going through right now. And obviously a global pandemic affects all kinds of people in all different ways. But one of the things that we've both heard about a lot, and again, I'll let Amanda speak to this more is, you know, the cancellation of some pretty important life events. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know Amanda, if you want to go into that a little more. Yeah. So it was just, it was so timely that we connected with Lindsay or Steph reconnected with you, Lindsay, because actually just this past week, I was visiting a friend who's in the Hamilton area. We were supposed to be in her wedding. Um, She's marrying her high school sweetheart end of August. Um, However, this has been totally thwarted with COVID-19. She's in fact too anxious at this point to go forward with the big venue and uh, wedding she had planned. And I, I mean, based on whatever stage we're at in Hamilton. I don't even think it's allowed, right? With uh, the number of people she had planned to invite. So anyways, here she is kind of sitting on her her hopes and dreams. And I had, uh, my husband and I actually about three years ago, so just before you had come out to Haldeman, we had uh, eloped. Technically we eloped. You didn't even know, Steph. I didn't, um, no. I don't think, nobody knew. We went to the little courthouse oh, in Cuba and got engaged. I got engaged. We got married there and, uh, did a little ceremony up at Devlin's in Brantford and came home and danced in the living room and went to bed. So it was pretty awesome. Yes. It was so affordable. I think all in all with photography and dinner, we ended up having our very immediate family there. Um, yeah, I got a little dress at the Eaton Center. Um, it was, yeah, it was wonderful. There was no background noise. It was exactly what we needed. Um, so I had my friend, my girlfriend and I had talked about maybe her doing something like this and I don't know where that will land. And then literally the, like the very next day, Stephanie said, Hey, I've got a girlfriend who runs this business and she's in Donville. So I, yeah, my jaw hit the floor because uh, of course I immediately went on to creep you and, um, yeah, as a, as a social worker and a, yeah, just, yeah, a lover of all things that look beautiful on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, I really, really got behind your philosophy and, 
um, what you're doing. And I'm so excited to just have you on here tonight to learn about what you are doing in our community. It's, it's kind of, it's also a little bit unprecedented, I think. Is that the right word for that, Steph? It, it totally is. And you know what, Amanda, like you're hitting on an important point here is that for you and myself, when I got married six years ago, um, we had a choice as to what type of wedding we wanted to have, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, my husband and I, we paid for our wedding ourselves. Um, we ended up having, I'll say, a medium-sized wedding, 85 people, I think, once you included vendors and everything. Um, and we thought that was what we wanted. We wanted like all the little Pinterest moments and everything. Uh, I wanted to be a DIY bride which was a lot harder, more expensive than I thought. <laughs> Way harder than it looks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of realized, and so did my husband, once we got into all the planning, that it actually wasn't what we wanted. Um, wedding planning very quickly consumed our life and took over all our free time and all our spending money. Um, so I think what kind of happened with us is that we didn't realize until after the fact that we wish we had something maybe a little smaller, a little simpler. Um, and you're hitting on an important point when you talk about your friend, because there's a lot of people right now who they wanted a big wedding. They, whether mm -hmm. it was culturally or because it was their dream, they wanted to have something really big, but they're not really getting a choice now and they're kind of being forced to do something smaller. So it's a little bit different to be choosing to do the tiny wedding um, like you guys did, which is awesome. I wish I was as smart and cool as I you. <laughs> wow. Um, but I'm definitely seeing an increase in um, inquiries right now from people who maybe, yeah, that's something they want, but maybe it's something they're kind of being forced into. So it's um, a little bit of a delicate balance right now. And some people are choosing to go ahead and make it official right now and then just postpone the big party for another year or two down the road too so so yeah it's it's um a strange time that's a great way to put it well i think you know i think whatever you do it is obviously a personal decision but um i mean my wedding was large um but we actually got married in the dominican republic and had a reception afterwards which was larger than I mean, it was wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but didn't need to be like yeah. that. We essentially had two weddings. And so, and obviously, you know, like you said, there's culturally some things there that have to happen. Um, and, and that's fine. It was still wonderful to have that many more people there. So it is what it is. Yeah. Right. And I think everyone has to make that decision, but let's backtrack a bit and talk about, um, your actual business. So tell us about, uh, your business and what's it called and, uh, what you do and, and just dive right in. All right. Um, okay. Well, I'll try to give you the Coles notes version. Um, <laughs> my business is an intimate affair, micro weddings and elopements. Um, and we do just that we do micro weddings, which are tiny weddings and we do elopements, which are even tinier. Um, and basically this whole thing got started, um, because we hosted a wedding for my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. They have been together forever, high school sweethearts as well. Um, and they already had kids, they already had a house and they've been together forever and they just knew they didn't want to spend an arm and a leg on a wedding. It wasn't a priority for them. Um, so they kind of asked me like, is there any way you guys could throw something really tiny together for us um, at your place? And I said, sure, of course. Oh my God, we would love to. We'd already thrown the idea around a few times and um, they're super laid back and casual. And so then Amanda is her name. Uh, she said to me, okay, what about in like three weeks? And I was like, oh, three <laughs> weeks. I don't know. Like, 
can we fit? And we'll see. So we did. And we just had a tiny little ceremony in our living room in front of the fireplace. And I went on a tiny shopping spree at Michael's, which is always fun. And yeah, it was really pretty and it was really sweet and it was super meaningful. Um, and all it was, was just them, their parents, their siblings and their kids. Um, and you know, we had everything over and done with in like 60 minutes and it was simple and sweet. And from there, it kind of, I don't know, I'll say like it, it sparked something or inspired something. Um, I had done a little bit of wedding contract work in the past, um, for friends of mine who are out in Ancaster, Westview events and florals. Um, and they're a larger wedding company. So they do really big, beautiful weddings, um, out of like Ancaster and Hamilton, mostly in the big city. So then once I had hosted this wedding for my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, I was like, Ooh, that was kind of fun. My husband helped me and we kind of came together to work as a team and we created something really beautiful and special and then after that we started getting messages from people saying oh my god I saw that pictures on Facebook I have a friend who wants to get married soon like could they get married at your place and at first I was like oh no no like that's not a thing and then I'm like you know what I loved doing this and it was fun and it was something that I really felt like fulfilled doing so I'm like, why not? Let's just try it. So from there, we hosted a wedding for our dog sitter and house sitter. Um, and yeah, it just kind of grew organically from there. So I didn't really start out to set this business, um, but it kind of became its own little monster. It still is its own little monster. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of grown from there. So we essentially do these little weekday elopements um, and they're super tiny. It's just a couple and six guests and everything's super sweet and small it's only a 15 minute ceremony and they take a couple quick pictures and they're gone um and then we also do what we're more known for are the micro wedding events so those are hosted usually seasonally so three or four times a year um and that is the couple plus 18 guests and we do a little bit more luxe details for these ones. So they include like florals and a little mini cake and some decorations. And those are 90 minute events. So from start to finish, your whole reservation is 90 minutes and we marry eight couples in one weekend. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. When I first saw your website, I was thinking that it was more on a weekly basis. And then I realized when you said it, like it's an actual event, you call it a wedding event. So is there a reason why you do it all just in one weekend? Is it logistics or is there something else behind that? Yeah. So basically we kind of call it the economy sharing of weddings. Mm -hmm. So we find that the way we can make it more affordable for couples is to kind of get them all in one weekend, right? So maybe hiring this, you know, um, high-end photographer is going to cost you a lot of money. But if you're getting married on the same weekend as seven other couples, and I can divide that cost of the photographer, of the florals, et cetera, between those eight couples, then it ends up being super affordable. So yeah, that's kind of how it's going. Also, these uh, events are hosted on our private property where we live. So <laughs> that also is a little bit of a factor in terms of how many of them we can do. So it's kind of cool. Um, I find it's also a little bit special that we only do it a couple times a year. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how that came to be. 
And I don't know, it's been going pretty well so far. We're booked up for our October weekend. Um, so that's exciting. And we've already got some dates for 2021 and lots of bookings and interest. So it's kind of neat. That's so cool. You know, I'm trying to just put myself at your, like, it's a farm, I'm assuming, right? Or a larger property. Um, We're, the weekend. Yeah, just a countryside property. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining the vibrations that weekend when there's, you know, you set up to eight couples getting married. Yeah. It would be, yeah, yeah, I think that couples. would be really special. They're like 90 minute appointments. So then we have an hour in between where we kind of switch everything over. Um, but everyone is like super excited and it's kind of an adventurous mm-hmm. energy and yeah. yeah, it's definitely for couples who are more laid back, but they want to do something unique and fun. Yeah, like I just imagine showing up with the veil, flying out the back window, like in Vegas. You know, I don't know. This is fun. It's I'm so be a your fun style all this October. Oh, I would love this. You I need to renew again. Your I didn't even want to get married once. <laughs> no, we seriously might have to. You should. <laughs> so <yeah>. much fun. <laughs> We do vow renewals as well. I haven't um, done one yet, but I do have one booked for next year. So Amanda, you're always welcome. I know. (laughs) We got to try and make it till next year. I don't know. COVID and three kids in Selkirk is getting the best of us. So (laughs) might be a different husband. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, God. I think she's kidding, Clay, if you're listening. I'm pretty sure she's kidding. Um, Lindsay, what, I mean, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but when we talk about the benefits of doing something like a micro wedding, you know, um, obviously right now, as you said before, um, a lot of couples don't have a choice. This is just, if you want to get married, this is kind of what the situation is allowing for. But otherwise, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a few years pre pandemic. Um, what are some of the kind of, I guess, what's the feedback that you've gotten from couples or why you, what, what sells it for them? What makes it, you know, what's the appeal? I mean, I think I'm already sold, but you know, just, Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I think that some of the benefits are a little bit unexpected. Um, It's definitely not something that's for everyone, but for the people that love it, they really do love it because it kind of creates a little bit more room in their budget for other priorities. Mm -hmm. So for some people, yeah, big wedding is a priority and they totally want to drop the money on it and it's worth every penny to them. Um, But for other people, you know, the cost of housing nowadays is just skyrocketing and a lot of people would rather put that money towards a down payment on a house um some people would rather be purchasing a new car or you know family planning um so there's a lot of different other priorities so creating extra room in your wallet is um definitely a big one and we're certainly getting people who are enjoying the lack of pressure that comes along with this um sometimes our clients are like busy professionals they don't really have the time or energy to be planning every little detail and they don't want to either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, for them taking off the pressure and the expectations off the wedding day is a huge thing. Um, also an unexpected <laughs> benefit is that, um, it's so low anxiety. Um, I suffer from mental illness and a lot of people I know do as well. And weddings equal a lot of attention and a lot of focus on you, a lot of eyes staring at you. And some people don't enjoy that and that's okay. Um, 
we've definitely been trained <laughs> by society that like a wedding looks like this one thing. It's this one square box and this is what a wedding is. Um, and it's kind of interesting now, not just myself, but to see in other cities and towns, all these different ideas of what a wedding can be popping up because um, just like any other event in your life, it should be unique and customized for you. So I think it's kind of cool that people who maybe struggle with anxiety have another option in terms of not having to have a million eyes staring at you. And it doesn't have to take up your whole day. Um, if you want to just do something small and low stress, then that's, that's definitely the type of person that we cater to as well. So that's so cool. And I think it's really important to still, um, be able to have that you know, as, as your business is called an intimate affair, but still have that intimate and special day and ceremony without all of the other stuff that goes around it. If I think back mm -hmm. to my wedding planning, like, as I said, I kind of got married twice, <laughs> which was unintentional, mm -hmm. but that's just how it went. And it was double the amount of work. And I, like, I remember just sitting and stressing over the stupid seating plan. Like who <laughs> cares about where everyone sits? If I could go back, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah. it's stuff that I, it took up so much time and so much stress. And mm -hmm. as you said, anxiety. And I think that's really cool that uh, you still are able to provide that really special experience without, yeah, all the other background noise. Yeah. Stuff. And like another unexpected benefit has been that you actually, I mean, you would know about this, Amanda, from having a tiny wedding. When you do something small, you actually have the ability to talk to and spend time with your guests. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so true. Which maybe you can relate to this a little bit more with, you know, your reception that you had is that when you have a little bit of a more traditional wedding, it's not always possible to really speak to everyone mm -hmm. and spend the time with people. And I find a lot of my memories from my wedding day personally are kind of a blur. Um, totally. And some, some like feelings of, I don't know, I'll say like regret in terms of, I remember, you know, walking by certain friends or family members and really wanting to talk to them, but then being told like, we're on the timeline, you have to be, you have to be there. Um, so with this, there's a lot less people. It's just your, your VIP closed people. And you actually get to talk to people. You actually yeah. get to create mm -hmm. memories that's kind of nice too mm -hmm. so totally yeah I so, will I will say oh sorry no go I ahead and say I will I specifically remember my husband's grandfather actually his grandmother and grandfather were our, our I guess best or what is that they were the best man and women woman bridesmaid oh, yeah. what is that man of honor and I don't even know they stood that's up for how wedding I yeah. am yeah, that's what they did. And they signed the paper and they were in their nineties when they did it. So I, I do, I specifically remember the conversations we had with grandpa who is now passed. Um, yeah. And just him saying, you know, this was the happiest day of my life. I can die now and go to heaven because he just got, you know, got to be there. And I imagine if we had have had, you know, a 300 plus person wedding or 200 even, you know, that could have very easily been lost, right? With the loud music and the, mm -hmm. you know, hustle and bustle of photos and, and dinner and yeah, clean yeah. up and, and worry that, you know, was everybody having a good time? It, it, that didn't even cross my mind, honestly. It was just so, it was really, really special. Like I, yeah, would recommend it a hundred times over. So 
Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. I still loved what we did, but part of the reason why we had that ceremony or sorry, the, the reception after our destination wedding is because my grandparents wouldn't travel and, you know, and, and having a destination wedding was something that I had dreamed of forever. And I made the choice Mm -hmm. to do that knowing that they probably wouldn't be there. And this was, I mean, we got, we got married eight years ago, so there was still technology. I think we used Skype to, so my grandparents could watch um, the day. And obviously we had videos and things like that afterwards. Um, But that was a big part of why we did such a, a large reception afterwards so that they could have that as well. And I, I would not change that part of it. Absolutely not. But same thing, you know, I, I, it was definitely like, I remember people talking to me about how great the food was. I'm like, well, I didn't eat. And I think that's common for most brides on their wedding day when you have something like that. But Amanda, I'm sure you could tell me how wonderful your meal was at Devlin's because <laughs> like, I know that the food it was, was great, so damn but... delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what, how, do you feed people? I'm yeah. And you know what, you guys are kind of hitting an important point there. So no, we don't, um, we don't do a full meal. We do okay. a little like mini table and little apps and stuff. Um, but it's just tiny little things. And then, um, on the note of a larger reception stuff, a lot of couples actually kind of come to me originally and say, Hey, I really want a tiny wedding, but my partner, they don't want one. They want a big wedding. And, you know, they ask me a couple questions and I give them the information and many of them come back to me and say, Hey, you know what? We decided to compromise. We're going to do the tiny elopement or micro wedding. And then we're going to do a bigger reception later. So I have some people who've come up with some really neat, I'll say after party slash reception plans after, um, some people just go to a local restaurant. Um, we've got a few great places nearby. Others just go to their backyard. They've got a friend or a family member who has a wicked backyard and they do a low key barbecue and then they party for the rest of the night. And maybe they invite more people so they can have just the VIP people at the ceremony at the micro wedding or elopement, but then they can have all their friends over after or something larger. Right. One really unique, cool thing is I've had two couples who've gone to campgrounds after. And I thought that was like <laughs> most like unique little things. So they come here, they do a ceremony and then they invite their friends and family to book up campsites at local campgrounds. And they like have an after party there. So, I mean, the options are endless and that's kind of what's cool about, I mean, getting married now is that even though the pandemic is happening, it's kind of forcing us to step outside of our box and look Mm -hmm. for different ideas and it's kind of fun. Yeah. And that's something that we've talked about in previous episodes and in private conversations, right? Like how much the the whole Mm -hmm. pandemic has forced us to really turn inward and, and focus on the important stuff. And so, you know, I think if it was me having to cancel my wedding, I would be devastated. Absolutely. But I think businesses like yours will help, um, you know, still provide that really special day and, and hopefully, you know, you can do it your way and, and still feel good about it and celebrate your love. And that's so wonderful. So, but, so you don't obviously host receptions on site, but what else do you, and you talked a little bit about your, um, dessert table and things like that. So what's included in a micro wedding? Um, and what are you providing in terms of vendors? Is it the same ones all the time? Or is it just a, a team of different ones that you work with and, and what else can somebody expect from a micro wedding? Yeah. 
So with our microwaving, um, it's a 90 minute package. And what that includes is, you know, you get the venue. So you come here and we're a countryside property. We've got, you know, farm fields around us and lots of cute little picturesque spots. Um, we give also an officiant. Um, my husband actually plays acoustic guitar for the ceremonies. Oh. Um, so you get the live music for your ceremony. Um, it includes <laughs> a photographer as well. <laughs> you guys like are both just making the same like, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> he, <laughs> he gets his little, literal 15 minutes of fame and he loves every second of it. Oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and then we also have the photography, um, florals, and decorations. You get a little um, toast with a group photo, and it also includes like the artisanal mini cake and luxe desserts. Um, and then we also include a little $50 donation to an organization in the community that's doing good. Um, and all of these things change. So based on vendors, they switch up depending on the season or the year. Um, a lot of times I'm working with vendors who I already have a relationship with and they're very high end and luxe. Normally, maybe not in the price range of some of the couples who are coming to me. So it's kind of cool because you get a lot of value there. Um, but other times I'm working with people who are just starting out and they're new and up and coming and they're on top of the trends, let me tell you. Um, so it, it kind of varies. Um, and then in terms of the donation to every couple that books with us, um, a $50 portion of your payment goes towards a local charity that's doing good in the community. And that changes as well based on which micro wedding you book. Um, so upcoming right now for our October micro wedding, our donation is going towards Pride Haldeman Norfolk. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a small little bit that we kind of think is important. Um, doing good in our communities <laughs> is something that I would love to keep doing more of. And yeah, I think that we should all do our part where we can. And so it's just a little bit of that. That's so awesome. Well, I'm just picturing the acoustic guitar and the, do I mean, I'm, uh, we, uh, my, my sister, my daughter, and I sometimes act like my sister because she's five going on 17, but um, yeah, we, we went to, uh, I guess the first pride um, event that we had in Dunville a few years back. So all of this is just, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just hitting so close to home, literally. So yeah, I'm just super, yeah, I'm just taking it all in, really. And you mentioned Pride Haldeman Norfolk, and I wanted to talk about the inclusivity part, portion of your business because mm -hmm. um, it's very yeah. much highlighted on your website and on your Instagram page. And I wondered if you could touch about that. Because the one thing that I um, that I loved reading in that you've got an inclusivity policy and saying, you know, I want you to know that you're welcome here, not because I'm legally obligated, but because I want you to be here. And I wondered if you could touch about that portion of it, of your business a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, part of us like doing good in our community, maybe that tiny little $50 donation from each couple can just do a little bit, um, but add that up between all the couples that come here and it can make a little bit of a difference. But I also think a huge, huge part of it is um, just exposure and talking about these things, especially living in rural Ontario. Um, I think all three of us come from bigger cities anyway. Um, um, and one thing, there are a lot of things I love about living in rural Ontario, um, but one thing that I find is a extra large issue here is definitely um, inclusivity and speaking about diversity in general, even just the conversations I find are mm -hmm. very uncomfortable 
for people. Um, so I think just talking about it is one thing. And also um, being very clear, um, not just assuming that everyone knows they're welcome because no, everyone doesn't know that. Um, so I think based on a lot of like research and learning that I've been doing, um, it's important for me to really highlight that on my social media and on my website. Um, and I think all businesses should, um, everyone should know that they're welcome, but unfortunately in these times, it's just not a given. Um, and I know we spoke off Mike about this a little bit that there have been some recent controversies locally um, where there have been wedding vendors who have specifically in writing sent couples away because of their sexual orientation. Um, so I think that everyone should know that actually putting that imprint is very important. Um, yeah. And I want people to know that, yeah, we're inclusive, we're welcoming, we're respectful, regardless of, you know, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, culture, ethnicity, religion, race. This is something that's really, really important to me. Um, and I'm unapologetic about it. And I love speaking about it. And I don't want people to think that it's just a legal thing. No, we want you here. We want everyone here. Everyone deserves a beautiful wedding. And there should be no questions around that. Oh, it's so wonderful. I was just going to say, I was so impressed um, on your Instagram site. You had a video and I watched it today um, and you were, you were addressing that same, you know, recent happening um, with a local videographer and, and anyways, you know, in response to this, of course you messaged, you mentioned how incredibly important it was to, you know, to be inclusive and, and have everybody welcome. But you also talked about, I'm thinking in my head, you know, we've become so incredibly skilled as you know a community and stephanie and i talked about this last week when we talked about cancel culture you know we can highlight you know maybe not maybe not quite yet in haldeman we're not bringing it up over and over again but you know i'm looking here on my instagram <laughs> community yeah. and every day i can sign on and see you know people posting and ra raising awareness and talking about things like real life things that are happening that are you know shaking people at their core um one of the things you mentioned in your video was uh, you know how do we um like how can we look at you know these opportunities um and 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 i guess almost use them as a teachable moment right like what can and you mentioned this you know all the learning you're doing on your own right so i just i think i'm losing my train of thought but but it was just it was so meaningful to me that you know you were like okay this is what's going on and what can we do about it that action um stage right because I, I yeah it's just something that i i mean i live for i'm a huge like go 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 what's the problem how can we you know not necessarily find a solution but what can we do to make active change right so that was yeah it was just i, I just was watching it going yes 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 <laughs> sending it sending it to my friends look at this video look at this look at what somebody's doing in Haldeman. i'm so proud of her i don't even know her yet but we're friends amanda you know what that's so funny i've never even done an instagram with i don't even know what it's called either ig i don't TV, know what it's called instagram yeah, live know. i've never done it before but i'm trying to step outside of my comfort zone a little bit um and I'm kind of learning that being authentic and telling the truth about what I'm thinking um, and being un unapologetic about it is necessary. Um, unfortunately, like there, like a lot of the comments I was seeing regarding that controversy were people saying, oh my God, I'm so shocked. And, oh, I can't believe that this is happening. Um, 
and obviously a lot of those comments are coming from people who look like me, um, who are white and middle class and um, mm -hmm. don't really experience any type of discrimination. And so we like to think that, oh, we're, we're inclusive of everyone. We don't judge anyone. We're not discriminating against anyone. So therefore no one's experiencing it anymore it's very easy for us to say like, oh, I haven't experienced this in my life, in my little bubble, so therefore it's not happening. Um, and it is, it is happening. I see it, I hear it so much um, doing what I do. Unfortunately, I get a lot of messages from people who say, oh my God, I'm so happy I found you. I have been turned away from many vendors. I have been turned away from many venues because of my, how I look, because of my race, because of my sexual orientation. Um, and so for people to still be commenting that they're shocked that this is happening is shocking to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I think it's important that we talk about it a little bit more and um, not just talk. Like you said, Amanda, it's important that we find spots in our life where we can take action, even if that's a small bit of action. Um, it's better than nothing. And talking and actions are very important at a time like this. Staying silent is not helpful. It's harmful at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've been doing a lot of learning and unlearning about a lot of the things that are, you know, just world events and stuff that's going on. And like you said, it's easy to just turn a blind eye and just say like, no, I, I, this, this doesn't happen, you know, where we are, but it, it does. It so obviously does. And, and, um, you know, Amanda and I have talked about this a lot off, off mic and, um, it's something that we both feel very passionately about. Um, and it's really nice, as we said, you know, it's nice to see the actions. It's nice to see people like you um, working. And, and, and it's unfortunate that you have to put it out there in writing and saying that everyone is included here. But um, it's really nice that you are doing that. And, and you shouldn't be the only one doing it. But, you know, sometimes that is the case. Yeah. And you know what, on that topic as well, um, there's a lot of like female entrepreneur groups that I'm involved in um, on various social media platforms. And it's been interesting to see the conversations that this specific controversy has started. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the conversations have been productive. Um, others have not been, and <laughs> it's interesting to see the amount of people who still say things like, well, I don't need an inclusivity policy and we don't need to talk about inclusivity because inclusivity is segregation. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of really <laughs> twisted thinking out there where people still think that if we don't talk about it, then it will go away. If we sweep it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist, then it's not happening. And that's definitely not the solution. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm not the only one out there talking about it, but I'm going to keep talking about it. It's getting me okay. in some hot water sometimes, but that's okay. Um, and in the meantime, I'm learning a lot too. I'm totally open to being checked. I have been checked. And I think that we should all totally be more open to that. We should be more open to having awkward conversations and being uncomfortable. And like you said, Stephanie, unlearning some of the things that we didn't even realize were so ingrained in us. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and it is uncomfortable. It's totally uncomfortable and it should yeah. be. Um, if you, if uh, I, I, I've, had these conversations with other people, if we think it's uncomfortable talking about it, how does it actually feel for the people who are experiencing it? Right. Um, and right. that's really hard too. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's okay just to say, I don't know. 
I don't know. Can you teach me more? I think that that as I get older has been one of the most helpful things that I can, you know, that I can bring to the table is Mm -hmm. just a, a thirst to know more. And yeah, it's okay to admit that you don't know. I mean, I have a friend who sent me, um, you know, a podcast from Australia, a friend of mine who's living down there. She sent me a podcast that I actually got to listen to one episode today. Um, and it is, it's stories of uh, asylum yeah. seekers and refugees, um, coming to Australia and the stories of, you know, what they had to go through to get safely to Australia, um, and then reestablish themselves. And it's just, you know, it's, it's mind blowing. Like you just don't even, you know, it gives you some perspective, right. And to sit and take everything in, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely something we need to do more of in Haldeman. So I feel like we could have a whole yeah. episode and beyond on. and beyond. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is, it's not even just, I mean, I, and I, my sister still lives in Hamilton and we have this conversation a lot because she's also, um, super into social and human justice and, um, you know, issues, issues of equality and whatnot. And, and, you know, that she says, you know, this is still going on in the city. It's still going on here. You know, there's still prejudice. There's still, um, you know, pockets of, of folks, but there's more, right. It's, you know, it's not so whitewashed and it's not so, you know, Oh my God, did you know, you know, so-and-so did this. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's so important to be having these conversations across the board. Right. And when you're a small business owner in a small rural Ontario or, you know, a big large city, you do have a responsibility to, to have these conversations. So you're right. Um, to have the conversations, but also, like you said, to, to being open to being corrected and being open to being wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, I think that, the older I get and the more I cultivate my circle of people around me and realize that when you cultivate a community of people around you who also have that thirst for learning, that it's so great to be able to be checked by somebody and be okay with it. I don't know how to explain it, but it's a a whole thing of personal growth that extends not just for you, but from outwards towards your, you know, small circle of family and friends and outwards to your community and then outwards to your province and your um, country. So I think that being open to having the discussions and being open to checking each other and not being so quick to be worried about being right um, Mm -hmm. and being more concerned about, okay, how can I grow and learn from this? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, talking a little bit about, and obviously there's going to be challenges in any area, right? But yeah, we are in a unique situation being in a rural community that um, maybe doesn't have as much um, diversity and exposure to a diversity um, as other places. But obviously there are some good things about this too, not trying to change and take away from what we're talking about here, but what made you guys decide to come out? Like what drew you to Haldeman and to Dunville yeah. in the first place and why, yeah, what, um, and are were there challenges, I guess, in opening a new business in a community that you were um, fairly new to? I think? Absolutely. So um, I actually, like my husband and I are both from Stony Creek, which is near Hamilton and we are city people and um, I was working a city job out in Oakville doing administrative work um, for an amazing company where I had a great boss and um, I love my co-workers and it was just an admin job so by no means was I like 
this is great punching numbers <laughs> into a computer every day, but I did love who I was with. And I think that is a huge factor who you're surrounded with. Um, so we kind of decided, oh, you know, um, we wanted to move a little bit further out into the country, I'll say, and we moved to Bimbrook. Now, Bimbrook is kind of becoming like suburbia. Um, so we moved out there, lived there for a couple of years, and we decided, no, we want more country. This isn't really what we had hoped it would be. Um, so we knew once we moved a little further than that, that I was going to have to leave my little cushy admin job in Oakville. Um, so we made the decision that, you know, it was a priority for us to start slowing down a little bit um, in the sense that we wanted to spend more time outside. We wanted to be gardening. We, we've had two crazy dogs. I just lost one. Um, but we want to have more space for the dogs to run around and um, just to kind of live in the moment a little bit more and less hustle and bustle. Um, so when we finally decided to take the plunge, I'll say, <laughs> and move out here to Dunville, we knew that there was going to be like some lifestyle changes, good and bad, that came with it. Um, driving to see our friends and family is a full day event sometimes as I'm sure both of you know yes. uh, we pack a cooler <laughs> and make the best of it um but it's totally worth it and we do love it out here um but I did know once we moved out here I was gonna have to leave that job and I did um and then from there I kind of thought okay well it'll take me a while to find something else that I like didn't really realize how long I jumped from job to job to job. Um, some I stayed at for two, three months and right away I was like, no, I can't, this isn't going to fly. I don't fit in here or I don't love it. Um, and others I stayed at for a couple of years. Um, I actually ended up working at a local farming company doing a parts counter job, which is kind of funny because I know nothing about farm equipment. <laughs> hey, I can relate to you on that one. I can totally relate to you on that. <laughs> yeah. So, but they were super wonderful people, a great family. Um, and they taught me a lot. Um, but I kind of forced myself to stay there because I thought, you know, this is okay. It's good money. It's paying the bills. Um, and again, I like the people I was surrounded with. So I thought maybe that was something I was going to do long term. Um, but I just wasn't happy and I was trying to force myself to be happy. And that actually ended up resulting in a pretty bad mental breakdown for me. Um, my body was just telling me no, <laughs> and I wasn't listening yeah. um, over and over and over again. And um, I think that eventually if you don't listen to your body, you don't listen to your inner voice, then, you know, your body's just going to tell you, okay, well, that's that. And that's basically what happened. I started getting all kinds of physical symptoms. I was convinced something was wrong with me. <laughs> um, and the doctor kept telling me like, no, you're good. All the test results are positive. Like you're, you're totally fine. This is your mental health. Um, and I've had mental health struggles my whole life. So I thought I knew what that was. But no, uh, this was a little bit of an awakening for me. So at that point, I was forced to take time off and I was forced to really sit down and look at what I want, what I'm passionate about, what my values are. And um, that's kind of what led me into this wedding business, which is interesting because, yeah, I didn't really set out to start a wedding business. Weddings, although I love doing them, it wasn't something that I thought was going to be my life's work. Um, but what I've kind of realized is that 
I'm genuinely interested in providing a safe place for people. I love people. I love helping people. Um, so the more while I was off, I started spending a lot of my time doing volunteer work and, you know, exploring things that genuinely made me happy and not focusing so much on what does this look like to other people? How much money does this make me? Um, once I stopped worrying about those things and started looking at what do I enjoy doing and what brings my life purpose and value, and that was helping people. So that kind of is what led to the wedding thing. Um, and yeah, providing a safe space for people um, where everyone can feel welcome and everyone can have a beautiful wedding day. That in turn has actually made my life way more happy than I ever thought. So it's kind of weird how things come around. Mm -hmm. um, starting out like a small business when we had only been living here, I guess about two and a half years, um, there were some challenges that came around it with the, with the county because not only were we starting a new business, but also nobody knows what micro weddings are. <laughs> so um, that was interesting having to talk to you know, the municipality and explain to them what right. we wanted to do. Um, so there were a lot of challenges, but it was all worth it in the end. And we're very lucky that we've gotten to the point that we're at now. Yeah. That's so cool. Why did you guys choose Dunville when you headed out this way? Was there something mm -hmm. that drew you to the um, community? Nothing specific. Um, truthfully, I just have always loved looking at MLS. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's real for <laughs> but yes, back yes. in the day it was MLS. Um, I just always love looking at homes and, yeah. um, yeah, basically I had been browsing and browsing and we came across this place and we saw it was in Dunville and we both said, Oh, it's a little further than we wanted to go. So, you know, let's side table it. And then we kept coming back to it and coming back to it. Yeah. And truthfully, the price, I mean, the prices in Hamilton and Bimbrook at the time were just, and still are skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were like, you know what, we can get like our dream house and we're only 45 minutes from Hamilton and 45 minutes from St. Catharines. So it's not that bad at all. Um, we actually are really happy we did it, all things considered. So, mm -hmm. Can you see yourself going back to a city now after living in the country Ooh. for so long? Yeah, that's an interesting question because we've, my husband and I have had this discussion a couple times. I'm not going to lie. When wintertime comes around, um, I struggle with seasonal depression. So the darkness and being a little bit more secluded from mm -hmm. my network um, can be difficult, but <laughs> then spring, summer, and fall come back around and I love it so much. I don't see how we could ever go back. I could never leave my veggie gardens. I could never <laughs> leave my flower beds. I've put so much, myself and my husband have put so much time into them. Um, it's a different type of lifestyle. It's slower. And I'll say in the winter, it can be difficult, but it also kind of forces me to slow down and really look at my life in the same way that that mental breakdown did. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes you have to slow down in order to speed up. I think I heard that recently somewhere. That's not a quote from me. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but the slowing down can be beneficial. <laughs> sometimes it, again, like any type of growth, it's not comfortable, but it's necessary. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This conversation has somehow evolved from, you know, being about weddings and like this cool little business that you have into this whole deeper thing, which is just making my heart so happy because this is exactly what Amanda I, and I wanted to do on this podcast. Yes. Like all we want to do is just here smiling, <laughs> like I'm so 
just hearing your story, Lindsay, and I mean this, you know, it is, I mean, you're being so vulnerable and so, you know, in, in using your own words, so authentic. And this is the real life shit that nobody wants to talk about. Um, so thank you for sharing this because I, I mean, I can relate literally on so many levels with, you know, what you have gone through. Um, you know, I know we're all in and around the same age. I think that there is a ton of pressure on, you know, people young and old these days, but especially uh, folks, you know, you know, folks like us. And uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, thank you for sharing because yeah, I know this is something oh my that God. I'm gonna- Thank you, girl. This is no, me. thank you. So, I, mean, I think what you're doing is amazing as well. Like actually being open and vulnerable every week is amazing to me. I'm just learning to kind of slowly jump on the Instagram video or whatever you call it. And you know, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> you know, whatever the hell that thing is. <laughs> Um, but what you girls are doing Maybe is amazing. Older. <laughs> totally. I have, and I think my babysitters that... can help us with Instagram, which is actually not even cool anymore. I need to tell you both that it's not cool. That. This is what I get told. Facebook, TikTok. absolutely not cool. Instagram, not cool. No, TikTok, it's all TikTok. Very cool. TikTok. Yeah. I've it heard, is on TikTok. But that's okay. I don't think you can. No, it's just about <laughs> basketballing beers in the air and catching them right now. But it is funny. <laughs> no, I like the game. Taylor Swift one when they do like, marry me, Juliet. Okay, I'm just singing on the pod. I can't, I have to stop now. <laughs> that just happened. But I Lindsay, I feel like me and you. Look that up. Well, we, like, Lindsay, we used to dance. Like, we used to make up dances in the basement. We were TikTokers before it even happened. Like, honestly. Yeah, the height of that track. We- we did too. <laughs> Nobody needs to see that. Like, I'm so glad there's no video proof of my dance moves. Right? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Thank God for that. Oh. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Well, and listen, I think, so I have these grand visions and I don't know if COVID is going to fuck this up. I think it is. Um, but, you know, in the winter, I was on a maternity leave and I also really struggle in the winter months with, I call Selkirk the Bermuda Triangle. I'll, you'll often find me saying, my husband moved me to the Bermuda fucking triangle. I have two, it would be, I have one kid and I'm stuck out here, two kids. I was driving to Hamilton. What was it, Steph? Two, three, four times a week. We went all the time, to go yeah. To walk, to, to visit, walk them all, to yeah. you know, do anything. Um, and then this past winter, I would go to either the Cuga Arena or the Dunville Arena. And sometimes I would just go by myself most of the time. And I love, I work with seniors now. So I would often meet, you know, the little old the little men there, they're my favorite, and walk around, you know, and I'd have a kid trailing behind me and one crying in a stroller. And I would just walk because, you know, it was a controlled climate and yeah just to get out of the house in the cold dark winters um especially when you're not doing the nine to five job i think it's really important to connect and i think uh, you know we it, you can very easily kind of just be you know stuck in your own little world out here in the country i mean you don't have neighbors you don't you know there aren't coffee shops or there weren't historically <laughs> those places i know we're getting more and more um you know as the days go on in these small towns but yeah i just i so anyways i had these hopes of being like oh maybe we could do like a little community meet like a 
woman, I don't know, like a woman center meetup type thing, you know, or women and men, whoever, whoever wants to come, I don't even care. Um, but yeah, who knows where that'll go now. But uh, yeah, yeah. So this, you know, online community is hopefully kind of filling that void for folks. And yeah, and hearing that's your story is really, really powerful. That's what I was going to say. You're already doing it. I mean, what you're doing right yeah. now with your podcast, you guys are totally uh, carrying right now and you're providing support for people um i mean steph and i keep in touch periodically but i told her it was so so great to listen to especially your first episode um not only to hear her beautiful voice even though there was no singing you're no <laughs> <laughs> you know two other women um being so vulnerable and open and it's important and it's been um something that's been a struggle for me to actually be open and talk about these things um to people other than my husband or my close friends. Um, so hearing you guys do it is really inspiring to me and it's definitely been motivating for me. So you're doing it already, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being a part of this. And yeah, yeah. I feel, feel like, yeah, we can all keep our stories will be overlapping and yeah, things will be blooming. So this is awesome. I think the big thing to remember is like, and I said this in the first episode, you know, we're all going through things in different ways, but there is so much similarity between, you know, how everybody, you know, everybody's life experiences. And I think um, we're all interwoven in more ways than we think we are. I think um, we all have lots in common and, you know, what I'm dealing with might mirror what you're dealing with and vice versa or not. But I think there's an opportunity for um, that kind of, you know, the sisterhood, like we said, like just having that community mm -hmm. and having that village of, of people and resources and, you know, conversations. And it's so important to have that um, it's important for everyone to have somebody like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Maybe we'll have you hosting sister retreats for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Get a little quiet. Oh, hey, listen. <laughs> Throwing it out there. Maybe, husband, that maybe some of his friends could play the acoustic guitar for us. Sir. <laughs> 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 Amanda, he has a band, okay? So. <gasps> Oh have, God, here it is. Yeah, we have been known, we have been known to host little bands. <laughs> we have been known to host little band night outdoor oh, <laughs> gatherings here. Oh so, my God. So, it's actually my birthday month. More. This is a perfect time to tell everybody. Okay, so everybody you're asking for a birthday festival now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am turning but you know what? on the 27th of August. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm super modest. I don't want the entire month about me, but I will definitely. Oh my God. I'm dying. Yeah. I, I'm really <laughs> modest. I just want to take this. It's my birthday month. This is like, this is, this is serendipity. This is what this is. <laughs> the stars are aligning. <laughs> oh my it's God. about me again. It's all about me. <laughs> the says too. You, well, you know what, though? It is super strange that you ladies said that because I would say two or three days ago, <laughs> my girlfriend and I are sitting on my front porch, literally talking about retreats. Um, so it's very strange that you brought that up because I don't know, like we love doing the weddings and it's great. Um, but I get a lot of people who come here, I mean, even as guests, and say like, it's so beautiful here. I feel so relaxed. Um, and I'm sure you girls both get it as well, having country properties and having friends and family in the city. Um, and so, yeah. No, no we have kids running around screaming here. It's not fucking relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's not so, not so peaceful oh, over there. Okay. Relax? 
girls can come here then. <laughs> God, Amanda. Oh my so God. Funny. it's true actually it's true but like my kids do eventually sleep and I do feel relaxed when I'm sitting on my front porch. like sitting on the front porch with a drink is my favorite that is my happy place so yes but Whatever. it doesn't only I'm going to Lindsay's <laughs> but it only happens for like a 45 minute window yeah. between when they go to bed and, and when I go to bed so and I'm exhausted by the time they go to bed I'm like hey yeah. let's have a date <laughs> and I'm passed out two seconds into the Jeffrey Epstein series like I can't even keep my eyes open so oh my god well are you considering like if the county allowed you could you do retreats is that in the is that in the card we've we've thought about it because um yeah a lot of my girlfriends are actually mothers as well um I'm one of the few I'm child-free by choice and I think I'm uh pretty much a weirdo in most of my circles (laughs) um but most of my friends are moms right now of young children so I think that's why I get that comment a lot they come here and go yeah you're not the weirdo you're just the smart one you're really just the smart one (laughs) I'm kidding I love my kids but god it's a full moon and like they're nuts right now (gasps) you have to love them all day every day yeah and you know what like we've talked about doing something like that um where maybe it's something that is like a sisterhood uh women's retreat Mm -hmm. something to even if it's just a day thing where people can come here and just unwind maybe do some yoga maybe a little bit of meditation journaling um and just have some quiet us time me time um we're in um, we're in we're in Maybe, okay. okay, here, I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe we could do a live recording of Sisterhood Unleashed oh, from Dunville. We could have, you know, yes. other sisters there. We can do some yoga. I'll bring a tent. Uh, no, I'm not fucking sleeping in a tent. I'll go home. No, we talked about this. I slept in a tent once for you. I'm not doing that again, okay? God. I thought you got back from camping, didn't you? We so? did, and it's terrible. Camping sucks. Oh. I hate camping, but <laughs> no, whatever. I- that's another topic for another day, but we could do this. We could do a retreat at Lindsay's property and we need to flesh this idea. Oh, mm-hmm. I am 100. We're going to need one of those Amanda, Google docs. You can whip up stuff. Get one of those Google docs. Don't together. make fun we of my spreadsheet. Okay. No, I like your spreadsheets. If it was up to me, we would still be talking about this podcast. So I'm grateful for you and your organization. No, organization is hot. Okay. Mm, it is. Mm. <laughs> it's hot. It is. All right, Lindsay. Well, you mull that over and think about yes. this. Run yeah. it past your Luke Bryan era church acoustic guitar. Is he like a Vance <laughs> Joy? What kind of music does your husband, if he's like Vance Joy, I am in. Oh, oh my God, he plays just everything. I'm going to pour another glass. Really? <laughs> oh, he plays a little bit of everything. He's got five or six guitars, electric and acoustic. He's oh, He's got a- Oh my God. Guitar. Yeah, we're band girls. I'm a band girl. Always. Yeah, you are. I see your mm-hmm. ACDC mm-hmm. shirt there. So. Oh, am I wearing that today? I'm like, what am I wearing? Is this fit? Am I in clothes? Yeah. I'm wearing pants too. <laughs> oh, sometimes I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, but I sent Lindsay a message before and she's like, do I have to be like, have makeup on? I was like, no. Pajamas from the waist down, like semi-presentable from the waist up, but yeah. like truthfully, 100%. my hair has been, yeah, 
Oh yeah, you're totally good. Yes, you're totally. Yes, you ran pod pants. Yes, yes. The other day, my brother-in-law came over, and I I'm working from home in my basement office right now, and I like I came upstairs and I was wearing roots track pants, but like a blouse and makeup, and my hair was done. <laughs> and he was like, "So what's happening here?" And I'm like, "This is just what happens when you work from home. Like my kids know if I have makeup on and my hair's done that I have phone calls." that day or like zoom meetings or whatever right they just know so this is just what it is this is 2020 like this is what's happening so there's i keep seeing memes on the internet of people who are not gonna understand the concept of dressing formally from the way or even semi-casually from the waist down when this is over because everybody is rocking the blouse and you know the the hair done but everything else is just a shit show yeah so. Oh God. Well, Lindsay, before oh, we well, sign this off, is so like, much dude, fun. This is, yeah, yeah, this is so awesome. It was so nice to see your face and chat with you a little bit and yeah. hear about all the wonderful things that you're doing in our community. So thank you for coming on and sharing this with us. Um, before we um, let you go, I have a couple more questions slash points. So <laughs> where can people find you and more information about um, an intimate affair and your business? Yeah, absolutely. So you can check us out on social media. Our social media handle is at Intimate Affair Weddings. And our website is www.intimateaffairweddings.ca. So yeah, check us out anytime. Shoot me a DM. Awesome. Um, We'll make sure to link all of your social handles and your website in our show notes and online too. So that way um, everybody can find you easily. A couple of other things. So I mentioned this beforehand. Um, Amanda and I always chat about what we're drinking tonight. And so last week we were drinking tea. I'm back on the wine this week. I'm drinking white again. I'm drinking, it's actually gone right now. Whoops. Um, (laughs) Matua. It's another New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. I think it's called pronounced Matua. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's lovely, crisp, refreshing. So that's that. Amanda, what do you, what is in your cup tonight? So I'm, I'm still trying to finish off this bottle of Tom Gore. Um, it is, I don't know if I, I wasn't drinking this last week. I was drinking tea, but it's a cab salve. Um, yeah, it's a California grape. It's all I do and Mm -hmm. it's delicious. So that's where I'm at. And I still have to pack for a night away tomorrow. So it's going to pour another glass. So yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start, get off and yell and run around the house 15 <laughs> times after a couple bags. <laughs> Lindsay, I see you've got a mug. You? What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a tea. Um, unpopular opinion, but I actually stopped drinking about 11 months ago. Did you? Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm on the tea all the time lately. Um, and right now I've got the yogi tea, it's called. I got okay. it off of Amazon, oh. but it's um like a lemon ginger. Yeah, super delicious. I don't yeah, know the actual name for it, but I love the little yogi because they have a little quote on every tea little tea tag. Um, mm. and this one says, "Say it straight, simple, and with a smile." So yeah, oh, that's I the advice that. or fortune for everyone tonight. I love it. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. I like that too. Yes. Um, and the final thing I was going to ask is we always end off with a favorite too. So let's find out what your mm-hmm. favorite is this week. What uh, are you loving right now? It could be anything. Ooh, okay. So um, I didn't think about this for too long. I just kind of went with the obvious and I just finished reading a book today. That I'm obsessed with for various reasons. Have you mm-hmm. girls heard of it? Um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I throw my hands up in the air. It's all the, all the praise hands. Yes. Yes. I I have it for various reasons. Yes. And like one 
because a it's so damn beautiful oh i know um and yeah obviously it is a game changer for so many reasons and one of them is because it's just teaching us to like be our real authentic selves like we were discussing and stop with being tamed and start being untamed it's awesome i love it i just finished it i didn't want it to end it's covered in post-it notes and i will for sure be revisiting it that's so good. Oh, I love it. Awesome. I downloaded it on my library app and I read it on there and I have to buy it because I need to read it again. So, and then I have to lend mm-hmm. it to Amanda because she still hasn't read it. I've just been, I would send her screenshots from my library app on my yes. phone or on my iPad and I would like send it over and be like, you need to read this. So I don't think you still have read it. Have you? No, I haven't. It's, I have a list running. I'm actually reading, I don't know, act like a lady right now. It's hilarious. But uh, yeah, it's on the very near future to read oh, on the list good. in the very near future. So yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. We will let you go. Yes. Um, this has so been so nice. nice. Thank, you. thank you, ladies. It's been amazing. It was so great to talk to you again, Steph. And yeah. thank you, Amanda. Yeah, it's so good to meet you. Thanks for tuning in to Sisterhood Unleashed. We'd love for you to come back and join us weekly and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also visit us online at sisterhoodunleashed.ca or on Instagram at sisterhood.unleashed.